0: Done and dusted, Seattle swept both ends of their doubleheader against Detroit yesterday. The Tampa Bay Rays game against the Boston Red Sox was called after five due to rain. The Red Sox uh, putting the boots to the Rays at that point anyhow. So the playoff brackets are set. The Jays will be at home. You already knew that. They'll be facing the Seattle Mariners in the best of three series, series starting Friday. The other matchups, Tampa Bay goes to Cleveland to take on the Guardians. In the National League, the St. Louis Cardinals and the Philadelphia Phillies. And the San Diego Padres and New York Mets. Now, the J-Series is going to be juicy for us. But I am going to have another eye on that Padres.
1: Yeah, you really Mets don't series. like the manager for the Mets.
0: Oh, God, man. <laughs> I'd love to see old Bucky get his ass handed to him. It ain't going to happen. He's going to do something stupid. He'll leave, he'll, he'll leave somebody, he'll leave somebody in the bullpen. San Diego, San Diego going to win two games. I mean, I mean, they would have to win two games to move on, nah, but they're going to win. The, they're going to bum rush. The you Mets think so? gone on the road. Uh, you're Mets out of here. Anyhow, enough not, of that. That's not, got, a,
1: that's not a hot take.
0: Yeah, it is. We got enough time to, uh, to talk about the other series. Let's focus on the Jays and the Mariners. The Jays are playing a double header today. They were rained out yesterday and, uh, We know that Trevor Richards will get the start in game one as the opener. I have no idea what that lineup is going to look like. If it looks anything like the lineup that John Schneider submitted for yesterday's game, it's pretty much what we said there. You're you're basically going to be just kind of nursing your regulars through today, hoping everybody stays healthy. And, uh, you know, you may get 150 pitches from Trevor Richards and Mitch White today. Well, not Trevor Richards. No. But uh, that's where we are.
1: He might go two innings. Trevor. Yeah. And then you turn it over to whoever
0: you're going to turn it swing. over to. And, and you know what the magic the, the, the magic words are today? Swing early, swing often. Yeah, see, I've been through that. I, I,
1: I hate when people tell me it's that. It's true, though. Nobody... I, don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. How dare you tell me how to go up and have it at bat? But that's, that's what I say to people. that Because that's, that's the same old story every single time on the last day or the last two days of the season. Oh, often and early. Hey. Go pound sand. You go because you know, who, often it, you know who it normally is. It's some random uh, bullpen guy me, or a starter Mark. who's over there picking his nails or eating sunflower seeds. You,
0: you 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 pay attention to what you need. Most to do. of most Sci- of Sci- mo- most of the guys playing in this game aren't playing for jobs. Well, not today. No, the but Orioles. Guys, most of the Orioles guys are going to anyhow. Swing early, swing often. Get everybody mm. in the charter. Everybody in the charter by six. Get the, yeah, get with, the, the plane with a double header, yeah. Get the poor, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> get get the plane, get the plane fired up. Let's yeah. get the hell out of here. Yeah, it's There's always, only going to be like three funny. fans. It's always funny stands, a pitcher I'd never talked to all year. Didn't he? I couldn't
1: uh, point him out in a in a lineup. He and, walks up to me and says, "Don't be afraid to swing first pitch." Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, you don't want to know what I said to him.
0: Uh, yeah. Let's think about the Jays and the Mariners for a minute because in a lot of ways I think it's fitting that these two teams are meeting in the playoffs. Now, the Mariners won the season series. They took five of seven. But let's think about that series in Seattle, July 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th. Let's think about Dylan Moore's home run off of Lourdes Gurriel Jr.'s glove. Remember that? Yep. Let's think about Anthony Banda and Casey Lawrence starting the first game of the series or teaming up in the first game of the series. Remember that? I try not to. Banda, all hope, ye who enter. <laughs> Be <nice>. Casey Lawrence. <laughs> July 8th. Before the second game of the series, they had a players only meeting. Yeah, of course. Because the stuff did. was going off the rails. Oh, it's a. Banda will make you have a. Jordan Romano gave up a three run home run to, to Eugenio Suarez, Eugenio Suarez, as you remember. The Mariners won that game. How about July 10th? Let's hear it. Vladdy Jr.'s glove broke for the second time this year. Yeah, yeah, Second time this year. Call somebody. Never seen it before. All of this happened in Seattle. Earth crumbling. And then on July 13th, three days after they're back from that road trip, Charlie Montoyo gets fired by the Blue Jays. John Schneider takes over. So it's fitting in some ways that the Mariners and Jays are playing because The Mariners, that series in Seattle where the Jays had their faces rubbed in it. Remember Paul Seawald at the end of the game making the sweeping motion. You know the Mariners players love that because all those fans had come down from BC to cheer for the Blue Jays. Basically had the steam taken out of them. Mm. You know the Mariners love that. Sure. So it's fitting that the Jays and Mariners are meeting in the postseason because... All of this stuff that happened with the Jays in some ways, the looking deep inside, the last straw with Charlie Montoyo gets back to that series against Seattle.
1: Yeah, so you take all those stats you just read and all that information you just read, just wad it up in a piece of paper and throw it in the garbage. I mean, that's great. That's all those things are great. And I do think, what, what did Seattle win? Five out of the seven games in the series, the season series? Yep. Well, they lost two out of three at the Rogers Center. Yes. So I think that you, that might be a reason why John and the organization and the players are so excited. Got to have home field advantage. That's a must, right? You. Will, everything we need to do, whatever that is, we need to get home field advantage. And then comes the playoffs. I wonder if there's some carryover. And do these two teams
0: really like each other? Oh, I, I don't think there well, is some I wouldn't love. like it if some dude like, me, makes me a sweeping too. motion. Me too. Like, I'd 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 be, I'd make sure I have the video. That's not hard to find because it was obvious. I mentioned it in the post-game show at the time. It was obvious what he did. I'd make sure that video is – I'd run it in the Rogers Center scoreboard just before yeah, the first Edwin pitch.
1: Edwin and, and, and Alec Manoa watching the video of, of Edwin, you know, taking the pose and walking off the Orioles to get fired up for these games. That's, I think this is just playoff baseball, right? It's, it's you, you, if you're the Blue Jays and you're the Mariners, now I think you can line up your best against the other team's best. You see how the the, the cards lay and And right now, for, if it's me, just by everything that's going on and the way you see the Mariners looking offensively and health-wise, I mean, wouldn't you give the advantage to the Blue Jays? You would certainly think so, right? I mean, yeah, I know it's baseball to. and you can flip a switch. Your best players get hot at the right time. Look I mean, back. look at the Blue Jays. Look at Teoscar Hernandez. Well, I, the
0: Jays look. I, I was going to say, back when the Mariners were having their way with the Jays, Bo was in the middle of this awful, awful. season. Man. Now he's, I mean, he's going to get hey an Oscar. Argue. now all of a sudden. Teoscar's hey, hot. Uh, you know, the trade deadline hadn't happened. There was no Anthony Bass. There was no Whit Merrifield. God bless him. I can't believe I'm saying that, but it's true. There, there was Very no cool. Whit Merrifield. There was no Zach Pop. It it was a different Blue Jays team, both in terms of composition, in terms of how it was playing, and emotionally, it was a much different Blue Jays team the last time these teams faced Seattle. That was the end of that one and six road. It was an awful road trip. It was just awful. So here we are, Mariners Mm -hmm. and Jays.
1: Between the two on teams, who, who do you think has the most pressure on them to win? Oh, the Jays.
0: And move on? The Jays. It's, not, I, it's I, not even close. I think the Jays do because nobody was picking the Mariners to go to the World Series at the start of the year. A few people <laughs> picked the Jays to go to the World Series at the start of the I, year. I, I, I think I expect, expectations for the Blue Jays were much higher than they were for the Mariners. I think maybe there's... Maybe the acquisition of Luis Castillo at the trade deadline, maybe that changed things a little bit. Didn't hurt. For the Mariners in, 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 mm. in terms of expectations. They made, no doubt. Yeah, you know, where is Frankie? Mont- Has anybody seen Frankie Montas lately? Who? The guy that everybody was so, the guy, oh, Frankie Montas and Luis oh, yeah. Castillo at the trade deadline. Yeah, there's no comparison. And, and when you go out and get Luis Castillo, I think you, you know, you send a message to your fan base. But I really do think, mm-hmm. well, I'll ask you this. Who will be the more disappointed fan base of the two, Mariners or Jays? I think the Jays fan base yeah, like, will be really I, disappointed absolutely. if they don't go on. Home field advantage. You're going to finish with 92, maybe 93 wins. You hotter got your, down the stretch. Hotter down the yeah. stretch. You got your pitching lined up. Mm.
1: For the most part, everybody's healthy. Bo's doing both things.
0: Whit Merrifield looks like a you know two-hit again. Yeah, you got your bullpen. Got your bullpen they're running the bases. Out.
1: They're not making bonehead plays. They're playing, they're playing. They're
0: playing clean baseball. They're playing well. There's still some. It's cleaner than it was. It's cleaner than it was. But the most important thing is they're playing their best baseball of the season right now. And Manoa at pitching the most important. Cosmon will probably pitch game too. It would not hurt, by the way, if you go to the game. Make a ton of noise.
1: No question.
0: Make a ton of noise. You know this is. Um, Yeah, I I can't stress this enough. Everybody talks about the Rogers Center being a difficult place to play in during the postseason. Well, then make it a difficult place to Mm -hmm. play in during the postseason. Because the crowds, I got to tell you, the crowds this year have not been, they've not been as animated as 2015 and 2016. They just haven't. Mm -hmm. And that's not, I'm not I'm not criticizing anybody. I'm just saying they haven't. They haven't for whatever reason. Um, been as animated as they were in 2015 2016
1: Well, this team's been a little all over the place. Too. Yeah. No, that's uh, that, that,
0: absolutely. Yeah, it has. Oh, I'm I'm again, yeah, sometimes I'm, it's really I'm just good and sometimes you make you wonder where where is this going. I'm just throwing that out as an observation. Mm. Right? I'm just throwing that out as an observation. I found it interesting that um, which Blue Jays player was it they were talking about the post game celebration and they said we went out on the field afterwards. Chapman. Chapman and we were kind of where hoping You that?
1: Where's everybody? Yeah, but they were in the clubhouse a long they time. They were in the clubhouse
0: a long time, I know. Yeah, but but yeah. I'm just saying that's, you know, l- a little bit of a rallying. Got stuff play. to do. And, you know, we talked to Alex Avila yesterday. Listen, you want to be loud? You know, Luis Castillo's had one postseason start, and he was okay mm-hmm. in that start against the Atlanta Braves. It certainly wasn't his fault that the Reds lost. But be loud. Garrett Cole balked. Interfere with PitchCon. Cole balked. We, we saw that what happened exactly with Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole balked. Crowd, crowd got into that mm-hmm. game. So, absolutely, the crowd can make a bit oh, of difference. It would
1: help, it would help a three-up, three-down from Manoa, and then just George Springer come up like a 1-1 one, one slider middle away and just tommy-hawk that thing and get that crowd all fired Tommy
0: up. Hawk. Well, I mean, just wow, just down and through it and, you know, short to it and long through it, Jeff. Uh, well, let me tell you what we have today. John Morosi of the MLB Network joins us at 1030. He got to see Aaron Judge last night after Aaron Judge hit his 60-second home run, the American League record. Way, John interviewed Aaron Judge in the field. We'll talk to John about that. We'll play John Sterling's call of number Might 62. Might be the best was, one all year for him. Amazing. You think? The call? Yeah. The uh, call was I so good. I think so, too. The call was so good. It was. Uh, so we'll play John Sterling's call. Ben Wagner, Blue Jays play-by-play voice, joins us from Baltimore I'm sure there'll be more people in the press box and in the stands for that game. We'll preview today's doubleheader. And then Alex Anthopoulos, president of baseball ops, general manager of the Atlanta Braves, will join us. The Braves clinched the National League East last night in Miami. <laughs> and be-
1: best team in baseball, the Atlanta Braves,
0: yes or no? I'm going with you Houston. Could argue. You could best argue. Best team in the National League, yeah. You could argue. You could argue. But I think best team in the National League, I Houston still. Just had another. Justin Verlander did it again yesterday. Right? I mean, He's crazy good. Houston is. Houston's really, We're really, really, four really, and really seven right. having
1: that guy is more one and five. Oh, you oh, man. I just I, I just don't know how you beat him.
0: No. And um, unless he gets sick or food poisoning or something. Anyhow, Alex Anthopoulos will join us. And uh, congratulations to Alec, Alex and the and the Braves. And yeah, I think the Braves are the best team in the National League. I'm still. The Astros are still awfully good. So the way the brackets are set up right now, I should mention this. The winner of Tampa Bay and Cleveland will get the Yankees. The winner of the Jays in Seattle will get Houston. The winner of the Mets in San Diego gets the Dodgers. And the winner of the Phillies and Cardinals gets the Atlanta
1: Braves. Let me ask you a question. Yes, How, How many serious games the Jays have had to play down the stretch? Like the Orioles were coming like you're fighting for home field advantage, you fired your manager, Uh, you you put your shortstop from the cleanup spot from the two-hole to the seven-hole, like they've done some things that will make you think, man, we got to get this thing going. How much do you think that will help them Friday? and moving forward after Friday. Like just every single one of those pitches matter. You got to be up on your toes. You got to be ready to go. How much do you think that matters or am I overthinking it and it's your best against my best and if my best is better than your best we're going to win most of those games.
0: Eh, I don't know if you're I don't know if I'd say you're over I don't know if I'd say you're overthinking it. Um, I've always thought that one of the keys one of the reasons the wild card has been so good is that if you, if you have to play, you, know, you have to play hard to the end of the year to get the playoffs, sure. it's going to roll on. But you know what? If you, look at the, if you look at the wild card era, the hottest team in September, the last month of the season, now we're going back since, gosh, I mean, the wild card era. What is it? Going back to 2010 or whatever. Only two teams have gone on to win the World Series, the 2020 Dodgers, the 2012 Giants. Eight of 11. Eight of 11, in other words, eight of the 11 best teams in a particular September yeah. didn't make it to the World Series. Mm. So you said Does it doesn't matter. I thought it did. I think it might matter. That's an interesting stat. You get. I think it might matter in the first series. I'm not certain just- about once, once you get on. And because everybody, look... The, the, the Rays and the Mariners have also been playing. This isn't, like, this isn't like the Mets getting in. And the Mets were playing for the division title all along, knowing that they had such a lead that even if they lost the division title, they were still in the wild card. These three teams had to play to get the wild card. Sure, sure. Right? And I, and, and I think that might make it a little different. I, but I used to think that was the case. Uh, I think it might be in a three-game series because of the home field advantage. I think it it, it might have an impact. The only reason I ask that is because you've covered
1: younger teams with lack of experience when the lights are the brightest.
0: The Jays are sort
1: of in that mix, right? There's some guys that play every single day that just really haven't been there. Slow heartbeat, keeping the body connected. Do you think those high-impact, every pitch, biting your nails down the stretch games will help them keep it connected and slow that heartbeat down or again? Am I just overthinking this thing and it's that dude's hot. He gets a good pitch to hit because he's really talented. He'll do the job. Is it more
0: that? I mean, I do kind of, I do kind of wonder about the emotion of the, whole, the emotion of the whole thing.
1: I just wonder Alec Manoa but, is saying out loud that he's watching Edwin hit the homer and yeah. that's, that's all I'm asking. And I wonder, well, will it help? I've just never been in that. I've been in some winter ball games where, you know, you yeah. play a nine-game series. I just don't know. That's, that's big, right, nine-game right. nine series. Yeah, I forgot about it's those. big time. Oh, yeah. And yeah.
0: every single one of them games are oh. – And you get some – you play someone for nine games, you get hatred. Absolutely. You, you Absolutely. get real hatred because you're, you're facing the, the same reliever It's real for of those yeah. teams
1: are from the capital in and Dominican. And you, you, you. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So it's like, serious. It that's, all, that's all I'm saying is yeah. – and I can just remember when I was playing first from the first pitch – till the ninth, because it go nine games, <laughs> till yeah. the ninth game of the last pitch of the fly ball that somebody has to dive for in the right center field gap. Everybody's biting their nails. And I just wonder how it's going to affect this young team with guys that matter the most for the
0: Blue Jays. Well, this is, we've made this point. This is why they got George Springer. Um, Yeah, but he doesn't play short. He doesn't play he short. He don't,
1: he don't play first. Yeah. He's not and starting
0: game one, right? One of my... One of my concerns, I think back to Bo's three-error game in T- in Tampa Bay during that, that series. Thank you. he was beating a little too fast. I don't know, about that, but that was such a weird... I, I like what Bo said uh, the other day. Where Bo said, really, I don't even feel like I played in a playoff game because you know, the games in Tampa weren't... That's, that's not playing in front of 48,000 at the Rogers Center. Uh, my only concern with the Jays is in the field. I'm not worried about the slow heartbeat thing at the plate. I think guys, when they're standing at the plate, remember Derek Jeter talking about it, it's a lot easier to boil it down to the raw baseball stuff when you're standing at the plate holding a bat and there's a pitcher on the mound. This is what you've done all your life. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there's lots of people, but this is what you've done all your life. A little different when you're standing out in the field and people are making noise, and you've, maybe you've had a misplay. I remember the, one of the things Jeter said about in the postseason, he said, I, I kind of view it, this is actually one of the rare times Derek Jeter kind of expanded on something, but he said, I kind of view it like what it must be like to be a Broadway actor. Sure. I'm on a stage, I see lights, I don't see faces. And he talked about how that, that was the most important thing, was when he was in the field, because that's when you got time to think. That's when you got time to look around. That's when you got time to, you know, if the guy beside you's made yeah. an error. Okay, do I is it is this guy on? And he said when you get to the plate, it's you and the pitcher, you and the pitcher, you and the pitcher, and it's a lot easier to be the guy you are at the plate, and to not get wrapped up in what's going on than when you're in the I field. Think it's what I think that's su- right.
1: I think it's what you're supposed to be as a player, right? Vladdy is an offensive player. Right, it's 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 when that big back rolls around. How does it look? Mm-hmm. How does he perform at that level? I can just again throw this back to me being in winter ball and and the fans going nuts and and I was more of a now I was really good on the defensive side too, but it was more of coming up with a runner on second base in game seven of that series and I having to get a big hit. That's that's my point. Is I I just wonder if they can if they can build off of that. That's that's an interesting. We should throw that on the the, the DMS and see if. What fans think of that? I think
0: that's a that's a big question. That is a big question. We it will is. ask you. DMs are open uh, for Barker's back leg bits. And uh, the question is, the question Mr. Barker and myself are asking you, is uh, are you concerned about the Jays' lack of experience going into this? That's a great question. We've got some core players who haven't been through this before. Yes, they have players who have been through it. Again, I hearken back to George Springer. Um, but they don't. By and large, they have, they have a bunch of guys. Closer hasn't been through this.
1: There you go. How does he handle that?
0: How does he handle it? And, you know, he's considering what we normally view a closer as being in terms of mentality. You know, we had Brad Lidge on earlier in the year, and he talked about this with Jordan Romano and said, the thing that impressed me about Romano is that he has managed to control that emotional component. He said, that's why he is able to give you multiple innings. He used Edwin Diaz as an example. The exact opposite. Edwin Diaz, life and death to give you extra innings. Because Edwin Diaz is emptying the tank. Here comes the trumpets. Here comes the music. I'm in the ninth inning. One, two, three. I'm done. I basically basically shot my bolt. I'm done. And one of the things we've seen with Jordan Romano is he's been able to harness that a little bit. Mm. Well, it's great to do that on... September second, can you do it on October seventh? Again, with the crowd, uh, with every pitch meaning more. I, mean, I feel like I'm. I'm really optimistic about it because I. I like what I've seen of Bo at the plate, and I still I still think that with Bo, I still think that with Bo, if he is okay at the plate, he's going to be okay. Period. Um, I hope so. But man, that, that this word, is this is
1: that word clean just keeps coming back between the years. Is yeah. who can play a clean game to win a series? It's the routine play. It's like the bow throws. It's usually not catching it. I mean, I think he's made a couple of those where the ball's right at him and it's taking a weird hop and he's missed the ball. But it's mainly the it's the it's throws. The throw. It's like like the eighth inning. You just went up three to two. Will he control it and just understand? Maybe I don't need to throw it. Yeah, that's the little thing, right? That you're looking for, and I have faith in it. But it is an interesting topic, and I'm sure that John and all the coaches have been having conversations. Even probably starting today. But I mean, and I don't know how do you tomorrow. How do you how do you talk to a guy about that? Just stay within you. I th- I'm sure that's a team thing. Give it something so they can go home and sleep on it. Yeah, that that if that is for me is you don't you don't spring it on them two hours before the game starts. you do it the night before so they can go home and they can sort of play it out in their mind and and you know if the ball's hit to me this guy's running what do I do like get out oh, know you're seeing it before We it know actually guys happens, the, guys stuff. do
0: so much guys do so much visualization yeah, now it helps we, we know that it, I've done it it, it. it helps help. but um i'm uh yeah i that that is my kind of my one Concern and I, I don't know if I'd even call it a concern because I still think the that Jays. I still think word, the yeah. Jays are, are going to win the series. It's it's something I'll be watching for early. Plays not made, and I'm not talking about errors. I'm talking about plays not made, decisions made improperly, things of that nature. Uh, but um, you know, again, they're, they're they're playing a Seattle team. It's not like the Seattle team has oodles and noodles and noodles of postseason experience. It's not. Well. But you'd like
1: to punch first. So yeah. way it would help you, right? You you take a little pressure off Alec, and that's why you know you want George leading off. And maybe that, you know, Luis is throwing that slider a little bit more. Maybe he hangy early in the count, early in the game, and you go back Lake City once and it's one nothing, and then everybody can go, now we roll. So that's it's just intriguing because they got a really good team, and there's not a whole lot you can point at that would keep them from going where they want to go. But that might be it.
0: Um, Interesting. Let's take a look at the other series very quickly before we break. Now that they're set, Tampa Bay and Cleveland. I think the Guardians. Who do you like? I like That's the question. Guardians. I like the Guardians at home. The stat I threw out about Cal Quantrill. I don't even know if he's going to start. I, I, I don't. I don't know if he's going to. He should. He hasn't lost it. He hasn't lost Cleveland in like 17 consecutive games. Uh, I, I like the Guardians over the Rays. Not impressed with what I've seen out of the Rays down the stretch um Shay and and Tyler Glasnow obviously they've got two guys going that are as good as anybody in baseball when they're healthy but I'm not impressed with what I see the race what... I think this this might be the this might be the most flawed Rays team we've seen in a while I Ohio. hate their
1: defense the, their defense is just not real good. I mean, we even saw that in the in the game last night. It was awful. The conditions were yeah, but that's not an extra crap. this time of the year. Condi- you're, you're a playoff team, and you're going to make gonna a deep cold. run. Make it, figure it out. It's going to be cold. In I don't like that. I and mean, on the flip side of it, I love the way the Guardians put pressure on defenses. Yeah, and when you have a bad defense, I mean, bad might be strong, but it's moody. We'll say it's moody for Tampa. They got they got a moody defense, and when you got the Guardians who can do some things, I mean, you saw Ramirez up in a double header the other day with first and second and with nobody out and the dudes are double stealing with your best hitter up. I mean, that's just who they are. So to say that, you know, as a pitcher, as a catcher, as a defense, communication, all those things almost have to be perfect to beat them. And I think with the couple of starters, they have the the closer that they have, the defense that they have, the base running that they have, the pressure on the offensive side that they have. It's going to be real tough. But I will say the Rays do have great pitching. It's not good pitching. It's great pitching. Mets in San Diego. I like the Mets.
0: I mean, I think San Diego... I hope San Diego wins that series. I'm gonna, I am too. I think I'm going to call San Diego to win it. Two straight would be great, but come on. You got to... You're facing DeGrom and Scherzer. Two straight's awfully tough. Well, I'm going to go with the pods just because. I'd like to see a pod race. Some of those series. series,
1: I think, too, you look at who's the third starter other yep. than the first two starters.
0: Yep.
1: And I think the Mets, for me, got a better third starter than the pod than race the do. And, and I just, again... It's who can get the big hit. And I think the Mets
0: can do that. Phillies and St. Louis got to go with St. Louis.
1: I do ain't. too. I think, I think sort of sometimes you just look at the team and it's, they got it. Yeah. And the Cardinals right now have it. Now, is that going to take them deep? No, I think the separation between the Braves and the Dodgers is so far apart from everybody else. I'm with you, but I do think the Cardinals have it.
0: And I think it'll take them to the, at least the second round. John Morosi. Of MLB Network will join us next. We'll get his take on the postseason matchups. We'll get his take on the Jays. And, of course, we will talk about last night's bit of history. Aaron Judge hitting his 62nd home run in Texas. Now the AL all-time single-season home run leader. You can add your asterisk if you want and have a debate as to how that compares to Barry Bonds. But there is no dispute. That number sixty-two is the AL record. John Morosi joins us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet five hundred and ninety, the Fan Sportsnet three hundred and sixty, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Covering the Blue Jays from an analytical perspective, Jays Talk Plus with Blake Murphy. Be sure to subscribe and download Jays Talk on Apple,
2: Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Here's the 1-1 swung on
2: there it goes deep left it is high it is far it is gone number 62 to set the new American League record Aaron Judge hits his 60 second all the Yankees out of the dugout to greet him just think of it three Yankee right fielders the babe hitting 60 and 27 The Jolly Roger hitting 61 and 61 and now Aaron Judge hits his 60 second home run the most home runs any American leaguer has hit in a single season and the American League has been alive for one hundred and twenty years. This is judgment day.
0: Case closed. (laughs) That is the great John Uh, Sterling with the call on WFAN. And you've got to watch it online because they have a Sterling cam set up. Oh, cool. And the best thing is he looks right into the camera as he says, case closed, and he gets his little grin on his face as if, I just nailed that. (laughs) That's awesome. I just nailed it. It was a great call. Aaron Judge hit his 60-second home run. Everybody can exhale now. And we can all go back to wondering how the uh, Yankees are going to screw it up in the postseason and worrying about their bullpen and worrying about all things Yankee. But congratulations, Darren Judge gets a 60-second home run. Let the debate continue as to what is the real home run record. Is it the, well, there's people weighing in saying this is the clean home run record and... mm. As we said earlier, if you think Aaron Judge holds the American League home run record, then you need to ask Aaron Judge who he considers to be, or the all-time record, you need to ask Aaron Judge who he considers well, to be said. the all-time record holder. And yeah. Aaron Judge's answer will be Barry Bonds. Mm-hmm. And that, therefore, my way of thinking is the end of I'm the with argument. You. Let's bring in John Morosi of the MLB Network, who uh was at the game. Not only was he at the game, he uh, had the opportunity to interview Aaron Judge on the field as well after he hit his 62nd home run. John, thanks so much for joining us today. I know this is I, it's always a busy time of year, but my goodness with the with the Aaron Judge watch, it's it's even more so. Um, take us in that stadium, and, and because I watched it in TV in real time, and then you know I heard John Sterling's call and all that. But what was it like in the stadium in the lead-up to that swing and after the swing?
2: Well, good morning, guys, and thanks for the invitation to be on the show today. It is, it's is—it's really special, uh, obviously, th- to be there and witness baseball history. It was interesting. For the first two games of the series, I was, I was in the press box uh, watching in the writing press area, and something just told me before uh, the game started last night, you know, just, why don't you go out and just watch this one in the crowd? And so that's what I did. I, I was I was standing next to a, a a wonderful Arlington police officer. We were just watching watching the game from one of the camera bays uh, up on the the upper level behind home plate. And um, as as the at bat was going along, you know, you're looking for signs and body language. There had been so many pressurized at bats for Aaron for so long that I think that. It, there was a certain calmness about him, I thought, as he, as he stepped into the into the box last night. And uh, obviously the third pitch of the at-bat, uh, something just felt a little bit different. And then, it, of course, as the ball starts to soar out to left field, uh, there was that moment where the crowd sort of gasped and thought, okay, is, is this it? And then that knowing that, okay, this is it. Yes, yes, this is it. And so it was almost as though the – the, the cheers were, were were pushing the ball over the wall a little bit at the very end. So it was just it was a very very special moment to see. And I, to be honest, guys, it had gotten to the point where you know you hear fellow writers say in the press box, "Hey, is this is this actually going to happen? Is he going to break the record?" So it was it was a very unique time. And I and I think to the big smile on Aaron's face as he was rounding the bases, I I, I think it was less. About any sort of moment of of self celebration, and much more about hey, I, I want to get to see my teammates, and I'm excited that this <laughs> that this is over in a in a way, and that Aaron can get back to focusing on what he's always talked about, which is the team. And I, I find that, and I'm sure you, you guys both agree that you know the best players that we're, we come across in our lives in our careers are always they're always team focused, and and that was Derek Jeter in, in his playing career. That's whether it's the Cups that Gretzky and Crosby won, it's, there's, there are players that are motivated by winning and by their teammates, and I think that, that's him. And I really thought that this was closing of a book to now say, let's just regroup and, and focus on what's really important here over the long scope, which is to win a World Series. And, and the irony, guys, and I, I said this last night, um, and it really, it's so unique to be able to say this, but Aaron Judge's first playoff at bat, Will be less pressurized <laughs> than what he did right. last night in Game 161, and that's and that's an extraordinary thing to say, but it is totally correct because I think Aaron is most at ease when he's taking a team-centric approach. And hey, if if the best situation here is to take a walk or is to take a single to right field, he'll do it. And I think that the the, the focus on himself for so long was was not really how he views the game. And of course he's great at it and it worked out, but I think that he's going to be much more comfortable uh, in in the October weeks to come.
1: JP, do you think he leads off in the playoffs? You think that's what's best for their lineup is for him to lead off.
2: You know, Kevin, that's a great question because I I think there's been so much talk about where this lineup is and, and what they've been trying to accomplish as their personnel has come in and out. I, I guess what I would say Kevin, as I think it 's more likely than not, maybe Aaron Boone, in the middle of a series, would, would do something different, um, but I, I look at it and he 's been batting lead off for so long mm-hmm. after that dip in their performance as a team they 've played pretty well the last two three weeks with him leading off and and there 's something to be said I think um, by by putting your very best out there from the very first pitch of the game that uh, I go back to when when you would talk to A.J. Hinch, when he was managing the, the, the Astros, he always said that he loved that Springer was there from the first pitch of the game because it was a home run threat immediately. And certainly the whole world knows the judge is a home run threat. So I, I think that the, the way their, their team is set up, they don't really have a, a, a true leadoff guy. There, there's not like a Ricky Henderson uh, type on, on this team, uh, not even really a jeter in terms of the, the later years of his career as a, as, a, as a sort of a true table setter. Uh, you know, LeMahieu's been dealing with a foot issue. Um, they're waiting to see exactly what they can get from Carpenter and Benintendi. It, it's the, the lineup has been so transient that I think they've got to they, they've got to go with what they know at the start. And I'll tell you this. One of the more interesting players on this team, uh, he homered yesterday in game one as Waldo Cabrera. Mm-hmm. He is a really good player. Yeah. He, You know, Aaron Boone has compared him. Too, as Drew Ball Cabrera, whom, with whom he played in, in Cleveland when he was coming up. And I think that's a great comparison. Switch hitter who just really takes a good at-bat. And I think in time, Cabrera might be a good leadoff guy, but at this point in the season, just have him, have him bat second or third. And, and I think that for, for him, uh, it, for Aaron Boone, it may well be the best lineup they've got going forward, at least to begin the playoffs, has Judge batting leadoff. John,
0: you've been able to uh, to see Aaron a little closer than, than a lot of us have during this uh, Aaron Judge during this run. And as I mentioned, you interviewed him. Uh, you interviewed him uh, yesterday. You know, we marveled when he was in Toronto and hit the home run at how, in his post game interview, he was able to uh, he he hit everything, every every touchstone. You know, even even commenting on on, um, on, on Garrett Cole getting a, getting a strikeout record what I'm going to ask you the same question I've asked everybody else. Hey, there's no way the Yankees let this guy, that they don't open the checkbook for him. Is there,
2: there just can't be. Uh, they, they, they can't let him go. Jeff, <laughs> they just can't. Now, now what the, what the price is, obviously it's easy for me to say, but it, it's interesting because there, there were some, uh, there've been different comparisons made Is is this like when Pujols left the Cardinals or like when Freddie Freeman left the Braves? Listen, there's, there's never been a case like this in the history of the American league. Nobody has ever hit this many home runs before in the history of American league Mm -hmm. baseball. And to your point earlier, there are many who, who would say that he's, he's the authentic home run King uh, overall. And so against that backdrop, I I'm with you. I think it's really hard to imagine that they don't sign him back. Now, obviously the Freeman situation taught us that there's nothing for sure in free agency, no matter how obvious it appears to all of us. Listen, there were some real, there were some real, I don't know if I would say hard feeling, but there was certainly some, some opposing points of view that were very, uh, very assertively held. We can say by mm-hmm. both sides in those negotiations and it didn't work out. And so on some level, it's, still the same Yankee front office is still the same agents for Aaron who were there last night with his family. Uh, so uh, in that sense, it, it doesn't really change the, the particulars or, or the the financial realities. But what I think is different is, is what he has achieved now is an all time Yankees moment. And, and once you've done that, I mean, before, before now, he's had great seasons, certainly, but now he is a certifiable legend. And so how you approach a legend when you are the team with the most championships in the history of the game and all the, the icons in the history, it's it's different. And and it's one of those cases where when you have a franchise like this, the, the rules are a little bit different for you than for everybody else. And when it comes to the attention and the acclaim and the focus and media bias, whatever you want to call it, they they have a certain obligation i think to 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 bring him back and and whatever those numbers are and obviously aaron has a has the chance to, to decide how much he wants to come back i i think he does i truly believe he wants to come back obviously i'm sure he'll be uh receiving inquiries from the giants who were his boyhood favorite team play close to where he he still has a place in, in his hometown of Linden, California. I, hey, listen, that's, if, if his dream is to play out there, then that's going to be available to him. I just don't know that that's necessarily the dream. I mean, for me, you look at a, at a remove here, and, and he is a Yankee icon for, for all time. And how does it change if he leaves? And what does that mean for him 15, 20 years down the line? He's in Cooperstown the way that he's remembered at old-timers day, the way that he's remembered when he goes to Cooperstown, assuming that's where his career winds up. It, there's a lot of reasons for him to stay and not a whole lot of reasons to go. And the, the irony for me, guys, is, is do the Yankees price that in? If they really believe that he, he wants to stay, all things being equal, does that affect how they offer him a contract? It's, it's going to be one of the more fascinating free agency periods we've seen in the history of the game.
0: John, what's your early read on the Mariners J series?
2: Can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I, I wish uh, my, my first read is, I wish I was going to do it this weekend, but uh, I will, but I'll tell you what, if the Jays win, I will, I'll be seeing them in, in Houston. That's my, that's my round two assignment. So I'm excited about that. But I, I think that a couple things, Seattle's pitching is really good. And I I think that Luis Castillo in game one is, I'll say it, he's a nightmare of an assignment for the Jays. Now, they can still beat him, but when you look at what the three of us have talked about on numerous occasions this year about the Jays, is in the back of our minds at the trade deadline, we said, well, what what happens if they run up against a a legit high-end playoff ace who's right-handed and has wipeout stuff? Mm -hmm. And guess what they got in game one? Right. Exactly that. You know, he's also got a great changeup. He's just, he's a tough assignment for anybody, but for this Jays lineup, he's really tough. And, and they're going to need, you know, I think, uh, ironically, I think, I think two of the most important guys in this, whether it's game, I think certainly game one, I'll say, uh, will be the bottom part of the Jays lineup. Mm-hmm. Toppy is going to have to do something. Mm-hmm. Whit Merrifield's is going to have to do something. Because that to me has been, you know, the way that Whit can turn a, a lineup over when he's batting eighth or ninth is really impressive and really important. And I, I think if you're if you're hoping, and again it's it's a home run friendly ballpark, but if you're hoping that you're going to beat Castillo by by home runs from Bo and Vlad, I'm just I'm not sure if that's the right game plan here. I think you're going to have to um, have a diverse offensive approach that involves the, the second half of the lineup really showing up. And I think Tapia is going to have to make some contact and Witt's going to have to do the same thing. Uh, I, I think it's going to go three games. I, I don't see it, it's because similarly, I think the Jays, uh, you know, they're a good matchup for Robbie Ray. And that's, that's, he's, I realize the Mariners probably feel as though he has to start one of the games because he's their, he's a Cy Young winner and he's, he's their ace. They signed him to a big contract, but that's a, that's a lefty uh, going up against a really right-handed dominant lineup. It's not a great matchup for Robbie and they know him so well from having played with him. so. I I think, you know, advantage in game one goes to Seattle. Advantage in game two goes to Toronto. And I think game three, one of those all hands on deck kind of games is going to be a lot of fun. And, and, and two, I'll say this on the, on the Seattle side, you know, Julio Rodriguez has been an amazing player and figure in, in this season of baseball. And there is something special. I still remember I was there. It wasn't his first playoff, but I I watched Harper play early in his playoff career um, in person. I just think that when you're around these really special talents early in their playoff journey where the book is just starting on them, I think that makes it unique. Whether it's Andrew Jones, whether it's Juan Soto, you think of some of the players who have starred. As, as very young teenager, early 20 players. And I think Julio has that quality about him. So I think for him to be in that stage healthy, obviously he's had the, the back issue here recently. Uh, I think it's, that's going to be one of my favorite players to watch this weekend is how he handles the big stage.
1: Extra rest for rotations. Is that a big deal this time of the year? Because if you look at Seattle, if Robbie Ray say, I'm just saying this, I'm, I'm guessing he would go in game two, but say he goes in game three, that'd be six full days of rest. If Logan Gilbert goes in game two, That'd be seven full days of rest. Is that a big deal? I know I'm sure you've talked to people and pitching coaches about that. This time of the year is days of rest. You know, the routine's a little messed up. You got to do things when you're in the playoffs. It do you is. think that's something that fans should look at of just guys coming out being sharp early because of too much rest?
2: Well, that's a great point, Kevin. I think there are some some pitchers, and, and you know them from having played with them in the past, I mean, some guys who really who need to have those standard four days of rest and that's their, that's their routine and if they deviate from that they don't like it and then some guys are much better when they've got additional rest. I, I think about, you know, one team has done this exceptionally well and they haven't obviously, they've only won the World Series once, but I think that in general the Dodgers have done a good job of of spacing out their assignments that way they got a lot out of Urias and, and Bueller and Gonsolin and, in and, and years past uh, and they'll probably do the same thing with Tyler Anderson here he was a veteran, but has you know had a bit of an injury history. You want to be careful with them, and so I think that that the Dodgers have done a very good job of of maintaining um, routine and also giving guys additional days when needed. Uh, but you're right. I think the Mariners are a very unique team in that they've they've basically I I think if you look at their top five starters um, in terms of starts, they probably account for the highest percentage of starts by any group of five pitchers of any team of baseball this year, they've been extraordinarily healthy. Um, and I think does that mean, you know, there's, there's two ways to look at that. Number one is they've gone to the same guys time and time again, and maybe they, they need to benefit from a little extra rest, which I think they'll probably be able, be able to handle. But the, the, the thing about the Mariners that's impressed me this year is just the routine of their, of their starters. They've really done an excellent job of, of keeping that group healthy. Um, they've got some guys that can swing into different roles um, I, whether it's flexing, obviously Seawald's been a valuable bullpen guy. Andres Munoz has got a huge arm. If there's a Munoz Vladdy confrontation at some point in time in the in the late innings, in the eighth and ninth inning, uh, just watch that one carefully because you're going to have a hundred miles an hour, someone who loves to love and challenge people against Vladdy, and that's going to be. I'm just whatever way it goes, it's going to be great baseball theater. Um, so I, I think that they. Uh, depends on. I would just say depends on the on the player. Depends on the team. I think Ray would probably. You know, he's he threw a lot of innings last year, as you guys know. Mm-hmm. I think a little extra rest for him it would probably be okay. And Gilbert, you know, I think they've they've been careful with him. I know around the All Star break they backed off him a little bit. So I, I think he's ready to go. They've they've got a really good pitching plan. They're they've got a really really solid group there. You know, one thing that they did lose in the last few days, Sam Haggerty, who's a really valuable. He's kind of like their version of Chris Taylor, versatile guy, this big loss for them. He's really, he's, he has taken on a more prominent role during the course of the season. And so I think not having Haggerty is a real uh, issue for them, uh, for the Mariners because of how much they've relied on him. So uh, it, it's going to be a lot of fun, Kevin, to see like that rest versus rust conversation. Yep. And, and the final point I'll make on this is, is, you know, I, I, I believe, and we'll see, this is our first year of doing it this way. But I think having to take that amount of time off, you know, last night, the Yankees have this really emotional game. It's going to be another week before they play a meaningful game again. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Houston, you know, Verlander starts. There's a lot of focus there, but it's a week. It's going to be a week before they play another meaningful baseball game. And I think the, the teams that emerge out of this first best of three series, I mean, unfortunately for the Jays, I think Houston is. I think Houston's probably even deeper than the Yankees are. I'm just, they're just, they're a really formidable team. It's going to be a tough opponent for whoever wins the series. But I I do think that momentum could help you win a game on the road in games one or two. And then uh, in a short series, anything is possible once momentum gets going.
0: John, really good of you to do this. Thanks so much. And uh, great work last night. Mm -hmm. And we look forward to chatting again. Thanks my friend. Be well, travel safely.
2: Yeah. See Uh, 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 you. I appreciate it, guys. It sounds great. Hopefully, I'll be seeing you in Toronto there next week. That'll be, awesome. be great.
0: Be great. well, John Morosi, the MLB Network, um, and uh, was did the the walk off interview, the on field interview with Aaron Judge after a 60 second home run yesterday. The ball was caught by the vice president yeah, of rich. Fisher Investments by a rich dude,
1: yeah, I, whose
0: wife is the TV broadcaster mm, in Dallas. Good catch, though. The hell of a catch! Shout out to the dude. You see the guy that jumped down? The Maybe guy the jumped down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was hoping that the ball would go down. He in saw the...
1: what happened in the Rogers Center. Yeah,
0: yeah, he did. Anyhow, so that's great. A multimillionaire gets a two million dollar ball. That hey. just warms your heart. Uh, it, makes it warms me, your heart. So I should say. Myself. It really does. Yeah. It's. uh It's just. It's. It's. You know. Just. It's just wonderful when this. It, it, it is. It is. <laughs> it is. Thank you. It is 2022. It is. It is 2022. Gosh, dang it! It's 2022. <laughs> Eat the rich. It, it really is 2022. Yeah. Just, just such a heartwarming 2022 oh, story. So happy for you. Ah, uh, my heart it just swells oh, with it. joy at Corey Yeoman's getting, getting a home run ball. Anyhow, that's. Should have just gone into a bullpen, man. That's why the mm. anyhow, maybe something good will come of it. Maybe the money will be donated to charity. Fingers crossed. <laughs> He's probably already invested it. Um Ben Wagner will have the call of the game today in Baltimore. We've got a feed from Baltimore. That looks depressing. Like it the does. field, the 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 tarp is off the field. The doubleheader is in an hour and a half. What's this? Oh, the Jays lineup. There's nobody there uh, other than a bunch of writers, it looks like, down in the field. The Jays' lineup for the game is as follows. I'll read it very quickly. Whit Merrifield leading off at second. Rymal Tapia in left field. Vladdy Jr. at first. Danny Jansen DHing. Kevin Biggio at third. Gabriel Moreno. He's alive. He's alive. He'll be behind the plate. Jackie Bradley Jr. is in right field. Otto the Swaddle Lopez starts at shortstop. And Bradley Zimmer gets to earn that paycheck. 1.3. You kidding me. Kevin Barker's playing a second game in right field. (laughs) You you promise? One of the best things I saw on social media was a shot of Bradley Zimmer in the Blue Jays clubhouse celebrating. And some guy said, What it's like to get an A on a group project when you didn't do anything. That was really, really. Anyhow, Bradley Zimmer. Bradley Zimmer. If you got your Bradley Zimmer jersey, today's the day to wear it. Bradley Zimmer gets a start for the Blue Jays. Ben Wagner is next from Baltimore. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the Fan Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast.